Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about James Pond, Underwater Agent. Uh, but before we get into it, we've got a ton of stuff to uh, talk about. Um, we got some great feedback from Sean Courtney from last week. Um, he, you know, he hails from Chicago. Uh, he says, my commute home via mass transit or bike takes me right past Wrigley Field. I was listening to this episode as I was biking home on Tuesday night. Hand to God, just as I was pulling up to Wrigley, it was the part when you guys were talking about the Cubs. <laughs> Beautiful. And congratulations to those poor guys. They finally, I don't think that happened. Did that happen before we did the episode? I can't remember. No, it was after. Yeah, was after. so good for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was before, because we talked about it on the show, because Brent talked about how the Cubs had always been his favorite team. Oh, and all yeah, that stuff. yeah. <laughs> That's what blocked it out when Brent was talking. Um, that was all the feedback that we got from last week's show. A little light on the feedback, so... Um, Let's move on to news. All right. Um, we have uh, we got invited, Aaron, to travel across the Atlantic Ocean and attend Amiga Ireland. Uh, Jarleth, our buddy, uh, sent us an invitation. He even printed out special badges oh, for us. Man. I saw those. Um, I was like, man. These, this, is, uh, this is Amiga Ireland. It's January 21st, 2017 at the Prince of Wales Hotel. Same place it was last yeah, year. Yeah, I remember. Yep. In, <laughs> in, in Athlone, Ireland. Uh, tickets are 14 euros a piece. They can be purchased on eBay. That's a steal. It is. Uh, last year, Pleasant showed up. Yes. Um, they're going to have more surprises this year. I don't think we're going to be able to make it over, unfortunately. I was even looking. I was like, you know, if we if we left on Friday and, uh, you know, drove to D.C. and then got on a plane, we could make it there. But then we'd have to just turn around and get back on the plane and come back. It's just not, not enough hours. I would love. I saw this email, and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I would love to go to Ireland and attend this thing. And they were nice. They were so nice. The fellow that sent that over, Jars, I, I, love, I love the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, They were going to put us up. Mm-hmm. All the stuff. I mean, it's just like awesome. And, man, not to be corny, but I really appreciate that. It's really super nice. If we had any sort of jack to where we could get over there, mm-hmm. man, I'd be over there. I would love to go. Now, I, I'm not saying we won't get there one of these days. Uh, you know, I would love to go to Europe. I, I know you've been a uh, world traveler, but I've only gotten to go to you know Canada and Mexico, mm-hmm. the places I've ever been. So I would like to go over there. Sometime. Maybe one day we'll just do an Amigos European tour. We'll go. To, we'll go to Amiga Ireland. We'll go to that pr- crazy place in Poland where they have those Amiga parties and the homemade booze. We'll go to Amiga Island. Yeah, Amiga <laughs> Island. That's true. Dreamcast. I wrote about that this week. Um, but yes, thank you very much, and uh, we do appreciate it very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What news do you have from the world of Amiga this week? Well, I'll, I'll start with my own news, actually, before I consult the magical tome <laughs> here. I uh, uh, finally got a chance to take the old faithful Amiga 1200 and take the thing apart. I shot a little tiny bit of video of it. I was hoping it would be more than it was, frankly. And I, was, I took some pictures, and all I can tell you is that Amiga was dirty. <laughs> that was the first thing that struck me, how disgusting it was inside that thing. Uh, Just dusty? Du- dust, cat hair. Someone before me had spilled, which I'm assuming it was Larry, uh, or you know, maybe his kid or something, had spilled coffee, I think, in, mm. in the bottom of it and had uh, stained the inside of the case the and the, and the metal uh, shielding. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a 12. No, never uh, seen the inside. There, it's a tight little package in there, frankly. And I had only opened it up myself to put in the uh, the compact flash when I had it open. Size-wise, is it about the same as the 500? It's very similar, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the uh, 
once I got into this thing and, and fully disassembled it and blew it out and cleaned it, I had to clean the hell out of it. And it looks a lot better than it did, that's for sure. I was embarrassed uh, at the way this thing looked. Uh, but uh, uh, the motherboard itself was in real good shape, to be honest with you. I was, and I was sort of disappointed. I was hoping there'd be a pop, you know, bloated caps or, mm-hmm. or uh, a Leaking burn battery. mark or, or something like that. Then, of course, the battery was, uh, uh, the, you know, the uh, the Amiga 1200 didn't have a real-time clock in it, but my expansion card does, mm. but it was fine. Um, I didn't see a single problem with it. I uh, went, I checked, of course, uh, for those of you that don't know or don't remember, the problem I've been having with the 12 was that the second mouse button was stuck you know, it would just click, 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 and it eventually just stopped. It just basically stopped working. And whenever you click it, you hear a uh, an audible noise out of the speakers, like a uh, almost like a, you know, it sounds when you hit a radio on a, a CB or something, mm-hmm. you know, and just like interference. Um, I, I I traced the entire uh, path of of the pin nine on the uh, on the, on the mouse port. And uh, to, to make sure there was, everything was working okay, the resistors were having the right uh, resistance, and the caps were there, and everything was, and everything was 100%. Uh, I've got a feeling that I, I, I've done some research this week, and I've seen a few other people that had this problem, the exact same problem. And I have not found one single answer to the problem. Mm. And so I think what it might be is that I thought to myself, what would cause the right mouse button to do anything having to do with this with the noise or cause noise out of the speaker? Well, there's one chip that handles uh, speaker and mouse control stuff, and that's a Paula chip on there. It's a, a J lead, I think it's maybe 40 pin J lead chip. If you know anything about that sort of thing, uh, I think it's a possibility that that chip is breaking down. Right. That's my that's my uh, uneducated guess, and I haven't heard anyone say otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention. Well, it I know that Jason Jason Warren's wrote in again saying that uh, he's still kind of investigating the issue. Yeah, he's also building as he's ordered all these parts from China to build an S video output for the five hundred. Oh wow! And so he's making us just a I, real thing. I so. look. It's funny. <laughs> I hear something that's uh, amusing anecdote. So I'm looking for the pinouts on this, and. I'm like, man, this looks like a really good pinout. Let's have a look at this one. And where does it go? It goes to our website. It was the original <laughs> pinout he'd sent over the first time where you thought it was the the left mouse button. It's so funny how we've kind of made our mark on the internet. When you when you search me get things, I've had that happen before. It was very creepy. I told my my buddy, I was like, man, I just linked it myself. <laughs> you know how strange is that? You know, uh, but I still use this pinout. I just was, you know, just didn't watch the highlight thing. But I mean, long story short, I cleaned it. I had touched up the solder on a couple of places, but the board was tight. The only other thing that possibly could be, in my opinion, aside from this chip breaking down, the pins are solid. It's not a pin. It's not a. It's not. A, there's no raw card opens or any of that sort of thing. The only thing I could think of, aside from it being this chip, is uh, well, there's two things. It could be. I, I suppose there could be some kind of uh, weird power issue, but I'd say it's unlikely. But there is an electrolytic cap that's right in the general area. Uh, it looked fine, and I, God knows I've seen enough bad electrolytics in my time because I, I, you know, I was a troubleshooter for IBM for a long time, and we used to pop see those things get popped left and right. Uh, but uh, I don't think that's what it is. I have a feeling that this chip is going south mm. in some way. So I put it back together. It's doing. The, it works fine. It just does the exact same thing. I've learned to use uh, uh, the keyboard for my right click needs. And really, I've not had a problem since. Well, you know, that's what Mac users have done since the beginning of time. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm in the same boat <laughs> Right. Now. So, but anyway, the quick update. Now, uh, so I'm feeling froggy, y'all. And so this week, I'm going to take the CD32 in and try to figure out what the hell's going on with the video on that. Now, I will say I modded the CD32 right after I got it, <laughs> stupidly, this expensive thing, <laughs> to allow me to put a switch in, to switch between NTSC and PAL modes now it doesn't actually switch the video of it but it makes the it basically makes the machine think it's an ntsc machine or a pal machine i know before you anyone says that yes you could hold the mouse buttons down 
but that doesn't work in a lot of a lot of things. It, that's not good enough. This switches it uh, uh, on a board level, and it actually works. It'll let you know, me run some stuff that wouldn't let me run on an NTSC uh, uh, machine. So I don't know if that has anything to do with this video. I doubt it, honestly, because I mean I did that a long time ago. I've never had any problems with it. Uh, I have a feeling something is degraded on the board. So time to open up the even more expensive. <laughs> I know and awesome. see if I can figure out what's wrong with that. <laughs> so yeah, I've been busy with that this week. So but I'm on the case. And if I find anything else about you know, if I end up having to change that Paula chip out, uh, and they're available. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the equipment I used to use at IBM, it's a 10-minute job. I didn't know you used to work for Big Blue. Yeah, I, IBM turned in the Lexmark while I was there. Oh, so I got okay. to work I worked effectively. So there. IBM was in the printer business. Absolutely. They, mm. In fact, they spun their printer business off to Lexmark and then sold, Lex, sold Lexmark or let it go or whatever. Right. Big mistake for Lexmark, by the way, um, because they didn't do much with it after that. But uh, uh, the, the J-Lead chip... Is a monster change without the proper equipment. I mean, it's a real monster, and, and I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest with you. Uh, so, uh, if I have to do it, though, I'll probably do it. We've got big news, Aaron. All right. What you After got? a wait of probably close to two months, yes, it has arrived. The Defender of the Crown Collector's Cut Extended something. Oh boy, it's here! I've been waiting to pop this bad boy apart. So uh, this is the this is limited edition three thirty one of five hundred. Nice, nice. Yes, uh, the box is uh, it's a well done box. Uh, is that the way it came right there? Yeah, it came just it like this. Shrink, shrink it wasn't shrink wrapped. It wasn't shrink wrapped, and in fact, the sticker that was closing it was actually not not sticking. It was just kind of rolled under. Uh-huh. This thing has been through the ringer. The box arrived with almost half of the box torn off, and the and the bubble wrap was sticking out of the box. This thing got sent back to Sven twice because he continually put the wrong address on it. Probably not Sven's fault, but uh, I, I apologize to him for having to resend it to him multiple times. You think Sven hand wrote that no, number it, on it? No, in fact, it was the label making program that apparently was at fault. No, no, so, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the, the actual the number on the back of this. Do you think oh, did Sven hand write that number? I don't know. That's a it's good question. It's almost like having an autograph. From yeah, there. yeah. And is it coming soon? Rocket Ranger on the back now, there? Now, what do you think of the box there? We're going to give this a quick look so, over. Yeah. Right? Now, for, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, just tune into the YouTube version so you can see what we're talking about here. The back of the box looks very, very good. It is, it's just like a commercial release. I mean, it really looks great. Um, I'll read a little bit. The Age of Chivalry, a time of lusty wenches. Oh, how, oh my. How, how we wish we could go back to those days. Yes. And black-hearted villains. Uh, so King Richard has been murdered in England, thrown into civil war. Oh, no. So uh, inside the box... Here, I'll hold that for you. We have a full-color manual. Um... That might be a lie. The a full color cover. <laughs> and you have, this is more than just instructions for the game. This gives you a history lesson on all the different kind of aspects of Norman England. It's got history. There's a big write-up about the original Errol Flynn Robin Hood film, mm-hmm. which apparently is really good. I've never seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. No. I, I think I saw it when I was a kid, but it's been you know, Yeah. Look at a lot of Errol Flynn in my diet here recently. The, um, so there's, there's that. Up next... Look at that, you can see through it. We've got a Defender of the Crown poster. Oh, yeah. This is uh, 11 by 17, I believe, so suitable for framing. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, at goodies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a Cinemaware kind of card that just talks about all their different games. You've got, yeah. Three um, Stooges is on here. In Chicago. Now, the thing that's interesting about this is this actually comes with all of the different ROMs for all the different systems. Beautiful. Uh, there are three CDs here. On the first CD is the PC CD-ROM version, the Mac, and the CD32 version. Now, do you just stick this in and you, it plays? You stick it in and goes. On, in any of these. So I could take this and put it in the CD32 right. and fire it right up. Right. And then I'd see it. Very nice. What's the next, what you got on the CD TV version. Wow. It's own disc. Yeah. That is dedication. There are, there can't be more than a thousand people in, in the world that have one of those things. Now, wait a minute. Did that, does the first one say CD32 on it? 
This one says PC, CD-ROM, Mac, and Amiga CD32. And well, we've got another CD32, so maybe that's the CD32 ROM, and this is the this is the plug-and-play version. I see. Okay, that would make more sense. CD TV. Yeah. A lucky bunch, because those things cost so much money. This is a big deal for a CD TV. Good, good job. Uh, we've got a kind of a system. Um, so it looks like the uh, let's see. Uh, for yeah, it says all three discs should boot on a regular CD TV or CD32. Uh, Defender of the Crown two is on disc two, so that that second one must have been Defender of the Crown two, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how that works. It doesn't say that. What about the first disc? Is the first none disc of them say, say Defender of the Crown okay. two on it? Um, and then the original Defender of the Crown is on disc three with a new extended edition intro. How do you know which one's one, two, I, and three? I, try look at the look at the cover, or I mean, look at the CD itself. Is there anything? This says CD TV Amiga Defender of the Crown. Hmm. And then this one says. This says Defender of the Crown Amiga CD32. All right. And then this one says uh, Defender of the Crown uh, PC CD-ROM Mac Amiga CD32. All right. Not sure about what what that is all about, um, but apparently somewhere within these three discs, there are also the Apple II GS C64 CDI CPS DOS. Mac, NES, ST, and ZX Spectrum, as well as the uh, MP3s from the soundtrack and the manual, which was included in PDF, so you can print it out. Jeez, so, how would you find those? I guess you just experiment. You put those CDs in your computer and see what happens. A slight shortcoming here, <laughs> I would say. So maybe we'll do a little video. Uh, just we, you know, we already... may have to refuse it after all, just right. to figure out what the hell's going on. These exactly. Days. So, Got the uh, Apple Two GS. Yeah, so... That's not what you have. That's the no, super that's nice, the, yeah, colorful one, isn't right. it? Right. It's got the Mac, though. Yeah, I've got the Mac the there. The Mac so. one, you can try the Mac. I, but yeah, in fact, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, we have these lovely postcards. Oh, that of, is nice, isn't it? Yeah, of the lusty winches she in, is lusty. in question. Yes. Um, we've got the meeting at the at the fire the fire the firelight meeting. Nice. I love little goodies like this. Yeah. That's a nice added bonus. And then our final postcard is the, the castle here. Nice, nice. There's nice. a Defender of the Crown sticker for your um, for your baritone case, your car window, yeah. your uh, you know your lunchbox. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even bought. They didn't smooth it out either. That's baby. That looks like it came right off the screen. <laughs> oh, just right that's the, the way you want it, right? Because it's a retro. That's so. right. And now we have a personalized letter it's on parchment. Yeah, on parchment. From none other than our buddy Sven himself. Sven, <laughs> he says, "Dear Cinemaware fan, thank you very much for buying Defender of the Crown Extended Collector's Cut. It was a long and sometimes stressful journey to have this gem. I feel the same way." Um, so, uh, this is uh, just you know he goes on and uh, it's a nice letter from Sven. And all the best and a big thank you. So hopefully Sven can be on our show again and talk about the upcoming Rocket Ranger game. And it's hand signed. Did you know? Hand that? signed. You know, let's let's not buzz past this for a moment. We pitched and pitched and pitched. Uh, it seems like a solid year of pitching this game. And <laughs> and I mean, Roy, we're like we're, we're we're getting paid. We paid for our own copy. You know, but we were. I thought it was an interesting thing to do. We'd recorded. Swim was on. Swim was on the show. Real nice guy. And it's nice that finally it took a little longer. Mm -hmm. You know. There were some delays or whatever, but it's nice. And they put out a nice package, a little wacky, but you've got some goodies in there, a poster, a really nice letter from Sven in here, uh, and it's a very professional-looking, you know, job. Mm -hmm. That having not actually fired it up, which we're gonna, we will do. Uh, but it I, it makes me happy that he got it out, yeah. and I'm sure it, it brings closure to a. a, a <laughs> To a hanging storyline that we've right. It's this in the 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 twelve hundred case project, which also <laughs> went to. They, did you read today that cases went? To, yeah. To be, they started shooting out trap doors today. So, so we're finally great. closing the loop on the things that so we started talking we need about to a year ago. Over something else now. There you go. Okay. Box it up. Very nice though. So you got it, Sven. It took a while, but we got it. And uh, I wonder if there are any of these less. Have you have you checked if there's any? I, I don't surely know. there can't be any yeah. at this juncture. Yeah, I mean e the price is not bad. Forty five bucks. Yeah, so, I mean, when you get a lot of stuff, and you're not going to get this stuff again. You know, uh, um, they only had five hundred. 
if you think you might be interested in this, having you know, having seen us actually get a legitimate copy, and there are a few people on YouTube that got them a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, Five hundred copies on the planet. You know, if you're a collector, it's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that only gets released 500 of it. Right, and then, especially of this quality. Right. This is, I mean, you could put this on a store shelf, and you'd be like, yep, that's that's just another game up there, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, if there's any left, grab them. And if not, you better be ready to get hold of Rocket Ranger, because I suspect it will sell it maybe quicker I know than you this. love Rocket Ranger. I love Rocket Ranger. I love Rocket Ranger a lot more than Defender of the Crown. And I like Defender of the Crown. Rocket Ranger is the, is the, is the man. Yeah. So, uh, of course, that's the big news from this week. Do you have any yeah. other stories? Or we... Let me see if there's anything else in the, in the vault of joy here. Um, I know a, a lot of what you've got there will be site updates. Mm-hmm. And there was a ton of site updates this week. Um, oh, um, let's see. Heart of the Alien. I don't think we talked about that last week. The uh, sequel to uh, uh, Another World uh, or Out of This World. Uh, they have uh, the uh, our buddies, the CD32 people, have put out a disc for CD32 of that uh, with a, a, a nice version of that. It's up for CD32. It's a beta, but you know I've heard it works. So uh, get that from your usual sources. I've, I've got it linked out. Uh, we heard from Chris Folds that uh, there is, it's not Humble Bundle, but it's something like that, where you yes. pay, you know, you get a group of games for a cheap price, and part of the current bundle is the Amiga Forever Value Edition is on That's is the one on you've sale. got, isn't it? I've got the, I think, I yeah, yeah, I paid 10 bucks for it. Two and a half bucks? One, yeah. a, I'll probably pick it up, and I don't know why. Right, I right. honestly have no at idea that, why at I that price, it. At that price, why not? And there was a lot of other stuff that came with it, though, yeah. and I've done, I wasn't sure what it was. It was he, demo stuff? Well, there's, there's a bunch of games, and it's just so funny because I realize just how out of the gaming world that I am because there's so many games that come out, you know, especially with Steam and Indies things and stuff. Yeah. You, just, you can't keep up with everything. Yeah, I agree. You know, Folds is a busy boy this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he put up a link uh, for a, 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 super, a Super Samurai uh, Kickstarter, which was supposed to be the, a remake of the Amiga First Samurai. And he, it seemed looked, it looked pretty good. And then he put up another update to explain that it was the new video that they'd released looked like crap. <laughs> now, I watched the video. It didn't look that bad, mm-hmm. you know. But... Uh, Chris was was he was not happy not happy with the uh, what the uh, the uh, progress that they that had been made. Uh, that is pretty much all I've got. There's a new I will mention this the new uh, I think it came out maybe five or six days ago. The new version of Win UAE mm-hmm. supposed to be much better than the last. And version. The, there's also a new version of FS UAE. Uh, which is um, it's WinUAE with a graphic with the GUI front end on it, uh-huh. sort of like. Have um, you used that before? I haven't. I haven't hooked it up. You know, any of those front ends sometimes they're kind of a bear to to, to set up. Obviously, it's yeah. worth it in the end. But um, I saw some screenshots and it really looks good. I mean, you search through kind of a tiled list of all the game boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. At some point in the future, I might dive into that. You know, if I may. I wish everyone had a actual. It, it's. I wish everyone could have like a twelve hundred or six hundred with the nest with the uh, compact flash. As opposed, I mean, don't get me wrong. These emulators have come a long way, and they but they can be a bear to run. But I'm telling you, I had so much fun this week. It's been so long since I got to sit down and just screw around with the Amiga. Mm-hmm. And I and screw around, I did. <laughs> I put all kinds of cockamamie stuff. There's some weird. Uh, Amigos plays coming out for me in the next week or so, uh, but it was so great. And it and it, it's it, the funny thing about it is it's so much. It seems so much easier to me than trying to get the emulator. Oh, it is. And, it is. And we've tried. We've sat here and and we're not utter fools <laughs> and just scratched our head trying to get these things to work. And I know a lot about the Amiga. And it's still hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes up with a good graphical interface that works, I mean straight up works, and uh, the. Uh, uh, the packages sometimes do a good job, I and mean, we obviously didn't have the best experience. But uh, you know, Amiga Forever is a good outfit. I mean, I've used them in the past, and I've really thought they were handy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I mean, for two and a half bucks, like the one we saw, I would go for it. Yeah. Or for the new version of FSS, FSUAE, give it, give it a mm-hmm. shot. You know, 
anything to get you on board. Because, yeah. uh, man, there's a lot of fun stuff out there, and I, I discover new stuff all the time. You know, which I guess that's the way the C64 people feel, or the Atari people, mm-hmm. you know. There's just so many games. We're so, so blessed to have had so many years of development on the on mm-hmm. the machine, you know, that it lets you, there's plenty of gems left to find. That's yeah. Um, so, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the uh, the Amigos plays you've been you've been putting up? I put up, now I will, uh, the caveat, uh, mine aren't as fancy as boats. I just basically play the game and talk about it, and you don't see me or any cool borders. I'm working on it. But... I got to play. Uh, the good thing about doing those is it gets you to, uh, it gets you really to go in there and look around. Because I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like, okay, I don't want to do this. We might cover it. This might be part of a big show. And so the ones I picked this week to do were, uh, uh, I did Archon Two Adept, which is a great game, one of my favorite games on any. A classic computer because the Atari had a version that was equally as fine. Well, I mean, it was close. And uh, Archon, the original Archon, was great. So I had a lot of fun playing that. And I also did uh, Stunt Car Racer TNT, uh, which is the we we tried that we reviewed Stunt Car Racer way back, probably mm-hmm. in the first dozen episodes. Yeah. And we it, had a hell of a time getting it to emulate. Yeah, it did and not go is, well. This is before we had the ability to play it on the twelve hundred on well to. To have video of the 1200, mm-hmm. and so now that I've got the ability, I went back to revisit the the TNT version. And it really it looks good. It's just night and day. It's it's yeah. I told. I mean, it, now you understand. Yeah, yeah, it's so smooth. It's 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 a such a great game, and I'm and you can watch me suck <laughs> and just suck and suck again. And then you put up uh, uh, the new uh, Alien Fish Finger, mm-hmm. which. Uh, and I think you mentioned that the author had sent you a note. Right, he commented on our original YouTube Amigos plays. You know, I, I watched some of um, the of you playing it. Now I couldn't remember what the original looked like. Was there a big difference in the way it looked? Well, or that was the kind of the funny thing is that I couldn't see any difference at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just kind of changes under the hood. It but was I mean, dated 2011, right? Yeah, yeah. It's still a really fun game. I still really enjoyed playing it. That game should have been a hit. Yeah. And the fellow that made it, kudos, my friend, because that is an unusual game, mm-hmm. and it's just straight up running around and shooting and, and jumping and doing crazy stuff. It's a, it's a, I'm not gonna say it's, it's not open world, but it's just it's just run around like a maniac. Yeah, and I was like, man, this looks like gold. Yeah, it's so, really fun. Yeah, I'll have to say thumbs up to that. Mm-hmm. I, I was impressed again. I don't know if we have, did we ever determine why they named it that. I just like that was like, maybe I need to ask Dave about that if he, yes, if he comments yes, again. Yes, would you please? Uh, you also did uh, Amigos plays of bar games. Bar games, well, bar games part one. Uh, 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 I went and did. Uh, I did the first one, two, three. I think four events of bar games. It's a long video, and and so I had to split it in half. And so I'm hoping that this coming week I will have the last couple games in bar games. But I had a lot of fun with bar games, and. It aged great. Mm-hmm. It really. <laughs> that's why the video is so long because I just wouldn't stop playing. Yeah. I played. I played the hell that, out of it. You know that that tapper style mini game. It's just it's really deep for what it is. It, I mean, and they could have not made it anything. Right. It's all like the wet t-shirt thing. They mm-hmm. could have just made some crap because mm-hmm. look, there's boobies. But I mean, they actually have a fun game. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, those could have been. St- they remind me of old Atari games. Right. Right, you know, it's what they remind me of, and that are just with good graphics and sound that are in a collection. Mm-hmm. Liars Dice, it's okay. You know, it's a dice game. But it's pretty fun. Uh, the two I've got left are, are uh, uh, Air Hockey, and then the uh, the uh, Pickup Artist, which that one should be fun to explore. <laughs> I played that. I remember playing that one back then. So yeah, look for part two of Bar Games to come out. If you're into bar games, uh, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, Dreamcatcher has been uh, busy as always. Uh, he wrote in, as we mentioned earlier, about the uh, Amigos Island that is, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, there or the Amiga Island, not the yeah. Amigos Island. The Amigos um, Island, even better. <laughs> that's that's right here in Hurricane. Wow, what an island that would be! A lot of bored, sad, middle-aged men <laughs> drinking cheap gin. That's awesome. Yeah. That's us. Um, and then he also went back and, you know how Gary Hucker put up that uh, that Ultimate Amiga 500? Yeah. He went back and priced all of those accessories. <laughs> I loved it. And uh, that was really interesting to see. So, um, Gary's been busy. He's writing about his uh, his Amiga 600 mouse problems and trying to troubleshoot that yeah. stuff. Gary, 
uh, I, I like reading his stuff. It's triumphs almost always, but he he he's comes across this wacky stuff. You know, it's neat to think that he's dealing with these systems that are. I mean, they're really high end systems. Mm-hmm. You know, and like like Dreamcatcher figured it out. I mean, you're you're not going to put together a a, a super duper five hundred cheap right. back in the day. I mean, that is. You know that was top top money. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had to have it to spend. And so, whoever owned these machines, the fellow that that left these in the attic or whatever, this guy must have been a big time money maker because mm-hmm. he had all these expensive machines. I'd, I'd love to hear the story behind that. Maybe, oh, yeah. I, I wonder if Gary knows. It. I don't know if Gary knew him beforehand or if he just got saw it in the paper or what. But uh, I would yeah. love to hear how this guy acquired got this kind what of he collection. got. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, I'm sure that there are some side updates I left out. The stuff is coming out on AmigosPodcast.com so fast, it's hard for me to keep up and read everything. Yeah, we, we are really trying to make a concerted effort to match, at least I am, I'm trying to match up with our, our, our good buddies that contribute, like Will and and Chris and Dreamcatch and Greg. These guys are just machines, and Boat puts a lot of stuff out, So, and I, I'm starting to try to ramp it up, so... Uh, I'd say for the holidays and beyond, we should have uh, something coming up almost every day. Yeah, yeah. Check back every day. Uh, there really is something something quality posted every day. Um, all right, that's it for the side updates. Let's jump into our game, James Pond. James Pond. Down, 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 down. What was that complete name? Uh, the underwater underwater agent. agent. What a name! <laughs> so, what can you tell us about the James Pond? Aaron? Well. Uh, of course, James Pond. We we reviewed the sequel to this. Uh, gosh, way it was last back. Christmas because it's yeah. a Christmas theme game. Um, it came out in 1990. Uh, it was a uh, one disc game, and it was from an outfit. Really, the guy behind it, uh, Chris Sorrell, uh, right? Chris Sorrell. Yeah, this was sort of his baby. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole series was really. Uh, this game. Uh, I'm trying to explain what this game is exactly. We, we, it's funny, we, we played it together earlier, and it's sort of a platformer. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a shooter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got puzzly elements. It's got puzzle. It's got it's mission based, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it's kind of got hidden hidden stuff yeah. in it, like a Mario. Yeah, it's a real hybrid sort of game. It right? really is. It's very unique. It's different than most games where you're basically just trying to work your way from the left side of the stage to the right side. That's a fact because you're up and down and 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 you're everywhere on, on this game. Um, the uh, again, he mentioned Sor- uh, Chris Sorrell did the did the, really did everything. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I looked him up. Uh, of course, we know him from the Pawn series, and he. Aside from that, on the Amiga, he didn't do a ton of stuff, and I didn't. I'd never heard of any of this, but one thing. I don't know if you'd heard about it. There's, he had a, did a game called uh, Spitting Image. He did a game called Yolanda. Hmm. Right. He did a game called Dogs of War. He did a game called Fire and Brimstone, and he did a game called Bad Company. Now that one I'd heard of. Uh, the rest of them, I, I, I've I'm not, not heard of any of those games. And he, of course, he did all the Pawn series, right. including. The, what was that aqua the the, the, the Olympics game which <laughs> I want to do I want to play that again that may be fun. my favorite yeah. of the bunch <laughs> and that's sad um, the music in this game is striking I really liked it the theme is great they mm-hmm. really took uh, they really captured the feeling of the sort of parody of James Bond mm-hmm. uh, and it's our old friend the uh, the renowned uh, Richard Joseph and he's done it all we, yes. we mentioned him so many times on the show. He did all the James Ponds. He did Moonstone. He did Cannon Fodder. Chaos Engine. Rise of the Robots. Sensible Soccer. He did a lot of the sensible stuff. Uh, and you know, he's he's been around. He's done it all. You know, he did everything. He was a big deal. And this was some good stuff. I like the title music. I like the stage stuff. Even the little jingle at the pause screen. I really liked. Mm-hmm. I thought it was I thought that was cute. Uh, the uh, uh, the uh, music as a, on a on a whole level was I would say. It's not the best, but it's pretty darn good, yeah. I would say. And it, it fit the game pretty well. So, what is the game, if you haven't played it? And I'm guessing most people have, but some may have not. Uh, you are James Pond, a fish, who is like James Bond. Mm-hmm. And you go on missions, and they're all sort of uh, uh, environmentally friendly missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the first mission, you're unlocking lobster cages. Mm-hmm. And you have to go around and collect the keys... You have to go hit the lobster cage, let the lobster out. And uh, while you're doing that, you're underwater for this entire thing, and you've got 
there are platforms and there are there's stuff hanging down. You've got fish and sharks and all sorts of crazy characters, octopuses and sharks and tuxedos and 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 starfish. There's and a sort of, wide variety of colorful, well thought out yeah, enemies. Yeah, and you and you dodge them, and your your only weapon is to shoot bubbles at them. Mm-hmm. And when you capture one in a bubble, they kind of there's this kind of animation of a dude trapped in a bubble. You can mm-hmm. walk over and Pop you can't walk. You swim it. over mm-hmm. and whack him. Uh, and that and then that's pretty much the game, but the missions make the game, uh, and the missions are pretty diverse. Uh, you've got missions where, like, say, you have to rescue a lobster on a level. There's missions where you have to escort fish out of a toxic like sea, mm-hmm. and you have to escort them to the exit. There are levels where you have to plant dynamite to blow up a. Uh, like an oil drilling well, I think that's what it is. And there's a level where you have to save uh, uh, seals from polar bears. And that one you have to actually hop out of the water and you're hopping up in the air to get on the ice. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting level where you have to shove sponges into the bottom of this leaking oil rig, or oil barge. And so that was neat. Uh, so that you, get a lot, you get a lot of different uh, missions that, that make it interesting. And we were talking about this earlier. It... It's unusual to have a mission-based game that's like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 quite clever. Yeah, actually, it gives the game a lot of charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character himself is sort of cute and charming, little fish and a little tux, mm-hmm. you know, swimming around. Uh, the uh, it's interesting that whenever he swims, like he he never. Uh, maneuvers his body so he's in a swimming position like a normal swimming position where your head is in the front and your feet is in the back he always kind of swims in a vertical yeah <laughs> way it's it, it, i never thought about that but you're right he just sort of swims straight up and down mm-hmm. and moves side to side like a like a helicopter or something um uh he there's a lot of stuff you can collect in the game and pick up some of it's good some of it's not good uh, you can get stuff to make you faster. You can get stuff to make you slower. You can get stuff to make you move erratically. You can get stuff that makes you stay where you're at. You know, glue. You can pick that up accidentally. Yeah, and everything is worth points, even the stuff that hurts you. Yeah. And so, you're like, you'll pick something out, and you're like, cool, because you'll see the 5,000 pop up, and you're like, oh, I can no longer move properly. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, the game includes a lot of hidden uh, areas or... or Hidden ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got. I mean, you can usually see a way in, but it's it's pretty clever. The level design is, I would say, pretty okay. It was. It's not super awesome. We'll get into that in a minute. But I think it's okay. Um, but the, the uh, interesting thing about the hidden areas is that as you go, when you go into them, you have all your health, and your health quickly eva- like starts to decline. And so you've got to go into these hidden areas as quickly as you can, collect whatever you want out of there. And get the hell out, or you'll die in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's so right. You've got you got to got to be in and out quick. And sometimes there'll be enemies in these things, and sometimes there'll be treasure chests. Sometimes they'll just be collectibles. Mm-hmm. You know, it varies. <clears throat> um, and unique another unique thing about the game is it's multi. The the levels are multi screen, <clears throat> two screens. Uh, the uh, underwater area you're in will have a, a, a cave or an opening. Uh, usually it'll be in, in the right-hand side, and you'll pop out into another set of screens. I mean, the game has more than one screen, but it'll be like two different areas that are interconnected uh, on the same level, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have to, like, for example, uh, we were playing the one where you have to blow up the oil rig with the uh, dynamite. You had to go collect the dynamite and bring it back and set it at the foot of the, of the uh, oil rig, and, and you couldn't beat the level on the on the area with just the rig you had to go off screen to the second area to get more dynamite and then bring it back so it adds an interesting element and it makes you feel less claustrophobic you know in the game which that's i think that's pretty important yeah uh to uh especially to a game like this because let's get to some of the things i don't like about it much like this game has a lot in common say super frog in that there are a thousand million collectibles Mm -hmm. they're everywhere they're piled up and it's often hard for me to tell what's a good collectible, what's a bad collectible, what's background, uh, what is something that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of one-hit kills in this game. Like if you touch, like for example, one of those um, barrels of toxic waste, yes, that's you're dead. The way this game works is you have a life bar. Mm-hmm. 
It's not really. It's a picture almost of your guy. Mm-hmm. And as he gets hurt, it goes down. Well, this is one of those games where some games, when you find something and you hit it, let's say Sonic, mm-hmm. you get knocked you back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, crap, I just hit something bad. Right. This ain't one of those games. No. This is one of those games where you wander into the bad thing and stand there and your health goes, <laughs> and you're dead. And you're like, oh, crap. And I can tell you from personal experience that when you get into the levels, say, above, above three or four, death is your friend because mm-hmm. it's always with you non-stop and this game it in true amiga fashion goes from zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds it's brutal and it is uh, so hard that it's almost unplayable finally i had to give up and use the cheat code which is if you hit the pause button type in junkyard and hit enter and then there you think they did that for jyd no i think they did that because they couldn't get to their own game it's probably mm. the reason they put it in there uh, the uh, uh, the the cheat codes help uh, tremendously. Obviously, it's just like Shadow of the Beast. You can beat the game with the cheat codes, <laughs> which I went through it with with the invulnerability because it was just so freaking hard. There were places where I would come on the screen and I would be dead before I knew what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. It was it was that quick, uh, and that the control in this game was a little fuzzy. I didn't have the best time controlling it. I, it was not as bad as. Super Frog, it has much trouble, but it was, again, This we were talking about this earlier, this game falls somewhere between, say, Super Frog and Zool on the controller slash too much to get, mm-hmm. you know, level. Mm-hmm. So, which I don't know what is, I don't know what is with that. You know, just all these collectibles, yeah. you know. I think that, you know, they wanted to think, you could do it, so why not do it? That less, sort of a thing. Less <laughs> is more. Trust me on this. Less is more in this case. Uh, there are just there's too much stuff, and unfortunately, it sort of clouds some of the more fun aspects of the game, which are you know exploration and stuff. Because you're not going to be exploring anything with this uh, amount of death coming on you. It, you you're just worried yeah. where you the where time you're limit. Go. The time limit also works against the exploration factor yeah. too. But at the same time, the mission based gameplay kind of necessitates it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can understand the time limit, but I mean, they can relax it a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> frankly. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, well, it's, I, I still think it's probably in the top five platformers that we've done on the on the Amiga. Maybe even yeah, I'd say it's probably in the top five. It's up there with. Um, You're gonna put this thing in the same category as say Adam's Family. Well, no, Adam's Lionheart. Heart. Oh, yeah. it's definitely better than Lionheart. No question about it. No. Lionheart's garbage. Um, there's Adam's Family. There's this. There's Super Frog. I'd like to go back and play James Pond two again just to see just just to see if I think I preferred two to this. Yeah, one. I, I I think I'm that I do too, but I haven't. It's been so long since we've done it. I'd like to go back and kind of see if I what I think. So I might do it in another Amigos plays of that just to revisit it. Um, what other what other platformers have we done? I'm just trying to think. Well, we did. Uh, um Rainbow Islands, I guess you could consider that a platformer. To me, that's almost like an arcade port, though, like Bubble Bobble. I wouldn't call that like a, a scrolling stage, sort of multi-area. Um, there, We really haven't done that that many. Um, but I would definitely put this, this is definitely more towards the top than towards the bottom. At the bottom, I find Zool and Lionheart. Oh. Uh. It's they're they're the worst. I don't agree with you. Lionheart. I think I talked about this. I almost wanted to quit doing the podcast. I oh, so he's much, being <laughs> so sarcastic. He actually loved Lionheart. Don't you liar? But um, the it's the it's. I feel like the way that they didn't make the stages incredibly long that really helps. helps this game a lot. It was no Turrican, right? Right. <laughs> Where you're just you're just lost and you're like, what am I doing? Um, Turrican, I would put up as a platformer. What too. about Shadow of the Beast? Come on, Shadow of the Beast. I'm just no. I'm I mean, asking. That's a platformer. It is right? a platformer. That is right. This is not as hard. You as know, Shadow of the it Beast. might be interesting to th- for me to think about whether I like Lionheart or Shadow of the Beast more because they're they're both pretty. I, they're both very pretty. <laughs> that's about all you can say for them. Um, this got ported a lot. I mean, not a lot, but some, mm-hmm. which is funny because I knew it from the Amiga and I knew it had ports now. Mm-hmm. But when I look back, it had it got 
pretty good coverage, really. Well, this is before, this is 1990, so this is before Super Mario World. So if you look at like 16-bit platformers, it was the original Sonic and this. Yeah, um, you've got uh, our old friend, the Acorn Archimedes. Man, I'd love to play the Archimedes yeah. version of this. Tari ST. Now, I read an interview with uh, the fellow that made this. and Chris? It, they did their best to, to get this on the ST, but apparently it's not as good. Mm. I know, stunning revelation. Um, the uh, and the Genesis slash Mega Drive, which I have played that version. Have you ever had a look at that no, one? No, it's okay. Okay, you know, I mean, it's I like the Amiga. I know that they, you know, people were starving for kind of mascot based. This was the era of the mascot platformer. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. If, I wouldn't say. I mean, Pond is one of the bigger games on the Amiga. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Sure. So I mean, it had its and and it was well. It, you might even go so far to say that James Pond was. The mascot platformer on the Amiga. More than Zool. I'm, I'm trying to think who would be if not Pond. Yeah. It's tough. Because to... Super Frog didn't have any sequels. No. I mean, it was certainly most successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to really think about it. I mean, unless it was like the Great Gyan Sisters or something like that. Right, which are, right. They're more, uh, when you think of that, that's more tied to the Amiga. But Pond, Pond was, you know... You know, Guyana got ported the stuff too, mm-hmm. so it's not like so. I mean, I, you may be right, and I think about and it. And Guyana Sisters was a port from the C sixty four; it didn't originate on the Amiga. Well, you're so. yeah, that's a valid point too. So yeah, I guess you could be onto something there. Um, this game reviewed pretty well back in the day. Um, you're looking at uh, you know eighties, nineties, uh, nothing lower than the six, you know, around seventy. So pretty pretty good scores. Uh, I. Uh, I had to look for this on eBay, and it's rare. I mean, at least right now, anyway. Uh, I found nothing in the U.S. I found uh, a uh, someone had sold one earlier in the year in the U.K. boxed for seventeen bucks, which that's pretty cheap. Yeah. I mean, there are no more. I, I only found a couple of people selling the discs in the U.K. and they were selling for six to ten bucks each. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna it's not the easiest uh, game to find anymore. Um, I'm a big James Bond fan, so uh, parts of the game amuse me. The various names for different levels were mm-hmm. pretty funny. Uh, the fact that the bad guy that's called Doctor uh, Maybe, <laughs> I thought that was pretty that funny. funny. What's your favorite Bond film? View to Kill? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I like View to Kill, but no. Live uh, and Let Die. No, uh, my favorite Bond film. I always tell people, and boy, I take a lot of heat for it, but I always tell people my favorite Bond movie is The Man with the Golden Gun. It had Christopher Lee. It had uh, Sheriff, the crazy Southern Sheriff in it. It had crazy... Boss Hogg? No. Boss Hogg, by the way, was not the sheriff. Uh, that was Roscoe. Oh. It had uh, a, a crazy stunt where a car does a corkscrew over a ramp. That's cool. Which was awesome. It had hot chicks. It had uh, a midget. Hervé Villachez was mm-hmm. in it, you know. Uh, it had everything that I like in a Bond movie. Plus, it had Roger Moore, and I know people aren't real fond of him sometimes, but uh, I like what kind of 70s cheesy tux Bond mm-hmm. who sort of doesn't take things real seriously. I also like uh, serious Bond, but I like... Uh, I'll just thought that movie is there had a lot is there kind of like a bell curve where it started out serious, then it got silly, and then it came back to serious again? I was mostly silly with Roger Moore. And Roger Moore was he was the first Bond, right? Uh, Roger Moore, Sean Connery. Wow. Boy, I'm sorry. I, I apologize to all our European uh, fans. I don't know why not being a Bond expert is something to be ashamed of. Yeah, but that's pretty obvious, boat. Sean Connery. Yeah, he was the first Bond. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just surprised. I'm you sorry. Didn't know that. I'm just so just baffled. Uh, I like Sean Connery. Actually, Gold. I'd say Goldfinger. Any any Bond movie with gold in it is good. You got Goldfinger. You got Man with the Golden Gun. You got Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Those are all three top shelf films. Uh, also, the uh, Bond movie from a couple years ago. Uh, boy, what's the name of that stupid thing? It was not the most recent one, but the one before it uh, with the new guy was an outstanding film. Mm. Uh, it's very quantum very break or no, quantum that was, of solace. It was or? no, that was horrible. Okay. It was the one after that one, uh, where they go to Bond's ancestral home to fight the bad guys. It was really good. Um, so yeah, I I I would say P- James Pond 
would be I would I always when I think about him he's a Roger Moore of fish basically. Mm-hmm. So I like Roger Moore wacky. Like I said, I like wacky stuff. But uh, uh, I'm a big Bond fan. I like how they tie it all. But it, you know they did a good job of parroting the uh, the the Bond films to a certain degree. That all the the many missions have the different wacky names, mm-hmm. which I thought was I thought it was cute. Uh, they did, there was attention to detail in there. You know they didn't they. They, there's a ton of, like I said, there's a ton of those little pickups that are power-ups and stuff. There's so many, though, that just, there's too many. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably my main complaint. There's also some too. weird areas where you jump up and hit these, make these bricks, mm-hmm. so a la Mario. Right. What, what's that the was point out of, of place yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought that was really strange. It would be different if you could hit the bricks and then jump up there and maybe find a new area, but that's not the case. You you just hit the bricks and things fall out and they fall into the water. You know something, this is going to sound really weird but when i was controlling this game i kept thinking to myself i would enjoy this more if i had an analog controller <laughs> for some reason this game seems like it would work better mm-hmm. with an analog stick well you are kind of, it is a free floating experience yeah. i mean if you think about it this is really just like a like a non-scrolling horizontal shooter because you have unlimited movement in all four directions yeah. or all eight directions there aren't too many games that take place entirely underwater yeah i'm thinking the, those echo games you're playing mm-hmm. those yeah um i'm trying to think of any other for it's like i mean there's some old atari stuff from mm-hmm. way way back but it's just real simple yeah this was a a very original i mean despite the fact it's a parody game mm-hmm. it's a very original game and i give it I give it a thumbs up just for that alone. The control is okay, not great. The the gameplay is okay, not great. It's an okay, not great game for me, but you know it's got a lot of charm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, thank our Patreon sponsors. Uh, we'd like to thank Jason Warns, Warns, sorry, Graham Vebke. Um, <laughs> not doing any favors no. this week. Really. Rob O'Hara, Paul Harrington, Laurent Giroux. Jonas Rullo, Cole Bjorn Byrman, Tapes from the Crypt, Adam Bradley, Chris Folds, Will Williams, Daniel Bingston, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Chad Halstead, and Brent Dowdy. And if you'd like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast. Aaron, next week, what do you think about doing that classic Amiga point-and-click adventure title, Simon the Sorcerer? I'd say we better get started quick. <laughs> that's not that's a, not a short game. Well, when you consider that we never finish any of the games we review, it'll fit right in. Fair enough. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, adios.